Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, my God. They're replaying right now on NFL Network in the studio. They're replaying the Chargers-Jags game. Oh, really? And I just saw Al Michaels on? and Tony Dungy next to each other and was like, oh, God, again? <laughs> Oh, wow. Look at that. The greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. Wow, Al. Yeah, Tony, that was and something. And he's in. Meanwhile, Jacksonville can set their sights likely on Kansas City. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, boy. They wanted to get them to huh? Here it is. ball inside. Yeah, ball inside. Okay. <laughs> uh, people are, are texting and tweeting in and saying, well, Arkean, if we're not going to say F you dream on, what should we say? I'll tell you what you say. You want to know what to say? Keep it simple. Chant the first name derisively at them. That is how you heckle. That's the way Draymond, to do it. That's all Draymond. you have to do. The yeah, whole like place that. chanting Draymond. That's it. That's all you have to do. The whole every whether it's Daryl Strawberry or John Sally or Tuca or whoever, all you have to do is just chant their name first or last in a uh, sarcastic, condescending way. Brady. And everyone Brady, has to do it. Brady. <laughs> Um, or uh, chanting steroids at Jose Canseco was a good one, too. <laughs> but uh, as far as I know... When I say Boston, you say... Draymond's not uh, not on steroids, I don't think. Although, that did look like Roy Rage when he punched out his teammate, remember? Yeah. Jordan uh, Poole. Poole. Jordan Poole just walks up to him, clocks the kid right in the face. By the way, like I love Clay Thompson and and Steve Kerr in the pressers being like, yeah, really classy out there, Boston. And meanwhile, Draymond's just like clocking. Yeah. Jordan Poole in the face. We were like using bad language. We were not assaulting each other. Uh, <laughs> just that only happened in the bubble. When, uh, we played in front of rude people before, dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Oh, oh. Your teammate is Draymond Green. Yeah. Play. You flipping idiot. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, I love having Draymond in the league. I really do. Me too. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Like, leagues need heroes and villains, and depending what colors you cheer for, they're your hero or your villain. So I don't want it to be sanitized. I don't want there not to be bad blood between fans and Agreed. players and players and other players. Like, everybody complains about the AAUification and, you know, the lack of physicality in the league compared to the bad boys Pistons or Everybody's whatever. Everybody's friends now. Everybody's as hugging if, like, each other before if, and after games and doing jersey exchanges. But, like, as if the entire league was, like, the bad boy Pistons in the late 80s, early 90s. The further you get away from that, the more that you hear, like, every older guy talk about it that way like yeah once they took hand checking out of the game oh it's something totally different big man has no place in the game now that's my old man voice that was a pretty good oh, old yeah. man voice Thanks. i'm sure bill walton was hugging a lot of guys before <laughs> and after games all right it, it's I, it's a good point to so I, I like it 
I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I want I love having Draymond. I'm I'm super excited for the game tonight. I'm gonna be there for WEEI.com website if you've ever heard of it. So I'll write off Great of it. Great website. Um and I just I think, you know, you know where the line is and stay behind it. Yeah. Excellent column today for WI.com. I love WI.com. Um the uh what do you think of the best uh name chance of all time? Because I was just thinking about it. Like, the best, like, singular names chanted by an arena that really made the biggest impact. For me, it goes Daryl Strawberry. Daryl. That's number one. Uh, Then Sally. John Sally with the Pistons Celtics back. That's Sally. Which is great because the name's Sally. And I'm trying to think. What's a good third? Well, wasn't it Reggie Miller's sister? Who was an incredible basketball player in her own right? And they would chant Cheryl at him. (laughs) That was a good one, That was really... Daryl. 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 Children, that's not very nice. Mom, they're professional athletes. They're used to this sort of thing. It rolls right off their backs. Daryl Strawberry. A single, single tear. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, Chanting the, the opposing goalie's first name, especially if it's a weird Eastern European name, always good too. Uh, like Pecorine Peck, uh, you know, something like that. Always good. That's it. If you're if you're not sure what to say, you're going to the game tonight, you're not sure what to say to Draymond Green or Clay Thompson or Steph Curry, anybody, just chant their name sarcastically. That's it. That's all you have to do. It's effective. And don't, for the love of God, don't throw anything. Don't throw anything. Oh, my God. Please don't. Just That's say that, that aforementioned line you mentioned. Yeah. Staying you know on the right I, side I, of it. I, I say, like, you know where the line is, but I'm not confident in that, I guess. So I feel like I need to spell it out sometimes. Do okay. you want to take a call real quick? Yeah, let's take a call real quick. Tim right. is in Natick. Go ahead, Tim. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Tim. Hey, you know, the, the chanting is why I love Boston so much when it comes to the sporting events. And and although the names are good, the when you add the flair that's something different, like the Daryl, what I remember more is them is Fenway's chanting, just say no, just say no, because of all his drug charges. <laughs> right, of course. You know? <laughs> and when Gillette too. Stadium is when Gillette Stadium is going against the Colts and we're chanting, cut that meat because mm-hmm. of Peyton's commercial. I mean, those are the things that are just awesome. And even stuff that's not chanting, like after we won the first World Series and we're opening up with the, with the Yankees and the and Fenway cheers, Mariano Rivera. That was a great moment. Like, mm-hmm. that's, Tremendous. That's, that's, the, that's why the Boston fans are the best. Like, no matter what we chant, as long as it's, you know, you know obviously you don't cross the line, but right. that, that's... We're creative, and we got to be creative. We can't just do a single name. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you can you can do the single name. You know, that's fine. Especially considering the fact that they beat you last year. It's Cut not like that you know, it's not like you're it's not like you beat them and you're the winners here. Like they beat you and you're trying to get back at them. And if they're winning, if the Celtics get up big in this game, chant away. That's what is I it say. possible that Tomasi's column has the the opposite effect? Yes. Where people are like. Oh, I forgot about that. We had that whole thing with Draymond. It's last called the spring. Streisand effect. All right, <laughs> F you Draymond. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you? You want me to not do that? Well, I'm going to do it with with full volume, with vim and vigor and hatred in my heart. F you Draymond. I'm going to do it Thanks, even Tomasi. Thanks, Tomasi. Um, there is some breaking news out of the NFL. More breaking news. We heard about Greg Roman. Uh, that was uh, at the beginning of the show, and now about 15 minutes ago, Field Yates tweeted this. The Miami Dolphins have fired 
Defensive coordinator Josh Boyer after three seasons in the role. Josh Boyer, another guy with Patriots connections. Um, we talked a lot about that leading into the Miami game, all the familiarity there, and uh, why that's a tough matchup for, for the Patriots because of guys like him over there in that system. He was a uh, defensive backs coach, and I think a defensive assistant, I want to say, when he was here. He was never a coordinator, but uh, another another Patriot friendly guys sort of out there looking for a job. I can. That one's not that exciting. No? Like, you built that up. I hadn't seen the tweet yet, and I was excited. And it's, you don't need anything on the defensive side of the ball, like, at that level. No. Because, look, you're going to keep Gerard, most likely, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think the odds are of keeping Mayo right now? I would say they're very high. Uh, they still Put haven't done number. it yet. They've not. I'd say it's like 80%. Okay. That's about as high as I'll go because I still I'm think going it's, 81%. it's taking a curious amount of time after all this, you know, the meetings got canceled and I'm press sorry, they're doing out. other stuff right now. Sure. Bill is one man. I think he proved that this season. He can't do five different things at once. Adrian Clem is coming. Clear my schedule. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this doesn't mean all that much to me except to say that uh, in Miami, Maybe he's feeling the pressure a little bit. McDaniel is in is thinking, you know, I got to bring in my own guy. I got to bring in my own defensive guy. I'm an offensive sort of centric person here, and if I if I stick with these holdovers and defense, I'm not going to be able to run this team the way I want to. That could be what he's thinking. He could be thinking, you know, something completely different. He could be thinking, man, that guy was a bummer. <laughs> I, I had just had gotten convicted information yeah, that it was a first down. Yeah. That convicted information. That information man. was convicted, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there you go. Boyer out in Miami. 617-779-7937. Let's go to Bill in the car. Hi, Bill. Hey, guys. Where are you? I got to say probably one of the better chants I heard was Game 6, 2010, between the Celtics and the Cavs, mm-hmm. New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah, that's not that bad. Directed that was a fine at LeBron. Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't end up going there, but yeah, not bad. Um, I don't remember that one. I don't remember them chanting New York Knicks at him. I will tell you this. One year, <laughs> I I've, I've very much misunderstood a chant and was pretty put off by it. I was at a Celtics game against the Knicks. It was before uh, it was before Garnett and Allen got here, so it must okay. have been like uh, 07 or 06. I'm at the game, and uh, <laughs> Scalabrini goes into the game because the Celtics are getting smoked by the Knicks. It was either the day before or the day after Thanksgiving. Celtics are getting killed by the New York Knicks, and Scalabrini checks into the game. I should tell him this next time we have him on. And I swear to God, the whole place starts chanting fire crotch, fire crotch, fire crotch. Parents, kids are chanting it everywhere. I love everyone around me chanting fire crotch. And I'm thinking, why is everyone chanting fire? This is really inappropriate. The Wellesley moms were chanting it. They were chanting fire doc, fire doc, (laughs) doc rivers. But they said it after Scalabrini checked into the game. So I don't get it. My ears heard what they wanted to hear, which was fire crotch, because I thought, wow, they're really giving it to Scal. <laughs> did you have, a f- like, a few before that? Or? I did. I okay, may have. That, it was there the, we go. Thanksgiving was around the holidays, you know. We were at the game, pre-gaming a little bit. This is a long time ago, so, you know. <laughs> really good one. Not great for Boston, but when Pedro got Who's Your Daddy at Yankee Stadium. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember, though, that he uh, he got out of that inning, right? That yeah, was he, the inning he, where he, get, he came in and pitched the eighth, right? Yeah, I mean, like, everything before that was incredibly bad. But it was tough. He saved himself there. But that was the one tie, those chance. yeah. he uh, Good one from the text line. Uh, when Jordan Poole is at the line shooting free throws, fans should chant Draymond. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. Who's your daddy now? 
Or chant like duck. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, 617779. What is it? Duck and weave? Uh, yeah, bob and weave. Bob Stick and, weave. and move. Stick and move. Uh, very good. All right. The offensive coordinator carousel continues to spin here on this Thursday. We're getting uh, defensive coordinators getting fired, offensive coordinators out of a job, stepping away like Greg Roman over there in Baltimore. What does that all mean for the Patriots? Bill O'Brien, by the way, just had his interview with the Patriots. That all happened today. I'll be talking to Keenan McCardell later on today as well. Ryan Rappaport thinks that that might be it. Uh, here with more on that, you're trending with Ryan Garvin. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Tommy Kern at 3.30. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. He was right there! And we had to watch that stuff all year long. All through the summer, we had to get laughed at every time we asked a question. Don't worry, we'll get to it, we'll figure it out. He was right there! And now you're going to put him in an offensive coordinator? That was spontaneous, too. Cut to the chase with the murmurs and scuttlebutt that we were getting last year. Why wasn't Nick Cayley elevated? Well, he had an expiring contract this year, and he didn't immediately agree to an extension. The feeling was, okay, well, he's just going to be here for a year and jump someplace else. We don't want to replace a new OC if he wants to be um, with the Raiders, for instance. But they blocked him from interviewing with the Raiders or moving to the Raiders. <laughs> Thank you.
That's Tommy Curran on early edition. Flipping out a little bit there about the Kaylee interview. Uh, Kaylee not elevated due to his expiring contract. Didn't agree to an extension. Thought he could go to another team, but they blocked him. Didn't let him go with the Raiders. Right there. Little mad doggy there. He was right there in the building. Um, that's not what Gurren sounds like at all, but uh, it's Christian Arkin, Megan Adelini here. Bella check! <laughs> um, <clears throat> the Kaylee thing, listen, he was right there last year. You're right about that. I'm not, I think that the whole uh, narrative around Kaylee and the idea that, well, he was there and they and they passed him over, and if he wasn't good enough to get the job last year, if they didn't believe in him enough uh, last year, or they thought that Patricia and Judge was better than him last year, then What's changed this year? And I would just say the main thing that's changed is faith in Bill Belichick's judgment. That's what's changed the most with me. If that's what Bill thought was the better idea, that's more of a reflection, I think, on Bill than it is on Nick Cayley. And I don't understand why people keep talking about that. Well, this guy, he wasn't even good enough to get a look last year. And now they want him to be the offensive coordinator? Like, what's that about? That's on Bill. That's Bill's well, fault. That's not. I don't think that's Nick Cayley's fault. No, 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 no. And I've said that tongue-in-cheek because Nick Haley, I'm surprised, like, now, it feels like every time we hear someone talk about Nick Haley, yeah. it's the well-respected Nick Haley. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> the well-respected around the league, highly respected Nick Haley. <laughs> and so it's just funny to, like, hear it that way. And I, I agree with you. that Someone it, who is really well-respected. It casts doubts on, you can cast doubts on Belichick's decision-making and his judgment when those were the choices, if he wasn't going to go and grab someone from outside and he wasn't going to, you know, burn a relationship with Saban or, you know, just damage it a little bit mm-hmm. to bring O'Brien over here, why not Nick Haley? Why not use the formula that has worked for him many times over in elevating somebody already in the system, already in the building, who's worked their way up, you know, from an assistant to a tight to the tight ends coach. It seemed like the logical choice. And so it was such a big zag. I agree. It's not like it shouldn't be a knock against Nick Kelly. It's more a knock against Bill of why are you at this point now this year? Is it just because that experiment that you had of zagging so hard has failed so miserably? Could be. I mean, Kaylee's a young guy. He's 39 years old. I know that's sort of old in coach uh, years these days, but his first job in the NFL was an offensive assistant with the Patriots in 2015. That was eight years ago. Maybe they don't think he's ready. Maybe they don't think that, you know, the the five years or whatever it was, I guess the seven years now that he went from offensive assistant to tight ends coach, which is what he's been since 2017, maybe they feel like he didn't come along quite enough to be considered for a coordinator position. They might respect him. They might think that he's good at what he does and that he has potential, but we're not talking about Gary Kubiak here. We're not talking about some guy who's been doing it forever and you know what you're getting. Like, well, you don't know what like you're getting with Nick Kaylee. the spectrum in terms of sure. age and experience. Right, but I also feel like it's not like he's some sure thing, you know? It's not mm-hmm. like he's some guy that's going to just right, step into right, the role. Right, 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 but great, they were you know? in a situation last year, and because he's getting the interview now, it takes us back to the decision-making at this time last year, where if Bill was in a position where he was going to have a first-time play caller, which was really the big thing. We didn't know back then. We didn't know last January, February, that they were going to try to install a new offense. Right. And add like extra, an extra hurdle, a giant wall for them to climb over that way with somebody who's never done that before mm-hmm. or operated in that system, wasn't born and bred in that system at all. Like if they were just going to take a first time play caller, why not take the guy who's been with the players on that side of the ball and been in the building since 2015? It just, it, it, 
why now? It comes down to why now. Yeah, it's a good question. Is it just a course correction? Is it going back? Is it because you want Nick Haley around? You don't want to lose a well-respected, <laughs> highly respected. Like I say that with some seriousness. You don't want the egg on your face. Someone who is really well-respected. Of go of him going to the Jets and you going, yeah, they, there it goes. Brain drain again. Another great young coach who the Patriots can't retain as an assistant and they don't know how to promote him there. Like, they don't know how to run their own household. Yeah, you know? sure. But if they wanted to, they could have made uh, Kaylee the offensive coordinator right away. They could have uh, locked him up. They could have said, this is your job to lose, and we're going to give it to you. And they didn't do anything close to that. They're giving him a courtesy interview, and he's going to be one of the many guys who falls by the wayside when they hire Bill O'Brien, in my personal opinion. And he's just going to be another name that's on that list. So is it a course correction? Maybe. Is it a favor to uh, to Kaylee a little bit to make him seem like he's there's more of a market? Maybe it's something like that. He is interviewing with other team so there is a market out there for him that extends beyond the warm bosom of Bill Belichick you know like that's that's an important distinction here there's guys who are well respected in New England and you know they'll pump them up there but they're well respected in New England and no one else wants them and no one else cares and no one else is trying to interview them that's not the case with Nick Cayley uh, you have a division rival that's interested in him so you have to treat that a little bit differently but for all the talk about this the Patriots are treating him like a guy that they're giving a courtesy interview to that's what it seems like to me of every single indication that because we've seen of what they did at this time last year that too and also every leak that we've heard so far says that they are almost you know every single egg is in the bill o'brien basket well the the interview candidates that we've heard i agree with that it's not a lot of experienced play callers it's a lot of wide receivers former wide receiver coaches mm-hmm. former offensive linemen right I mean, that's certainly a zag in a way Receiver coach, tight end coach, a line cut, you know, like yeah, that's, that's I who it is. I agree with that. I also feel like this is making amends in one way or another where they're going to Nick Haley and saying, we didn't do this the right way last year. And step one, like, we understand that you're a, that you're a desired candidate elsewhere. Mm-hmm. We understand that you went and interviewed with the Jets and we blocked you from leaving last year. And then we didn't give you this opportunity. So this is riding the ship, you know, here's your shot, kid. And I say kid to a 39-year-old. We're still not going to hire you, but... Well, here's... It's a shot. Here's the interview, at least. It's a shot. You don't know that they're not going to hire them. I don't know that they're not going to. What if to, Bill but... O'Brien doesn't come here? Yeah. What if the interview that we... We heard that the interview happened today. What if the interview went horribly? What if Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick cannot put their egos aside? What if it just is completely not a fit? We're and, doomed. And then who do you turn to? Well, then who's the best qualified? You're turning to somebody who wasn't your first choice, I guess, is, is part of it. Okay, that happens all the time. It does, and maybe that's what happened last year. And sometimes you know? you're better off. I'm not saying you would be in this situation, but I've trust me, I've seen behind the scenes in plenty of job interviews where the first choice turn it down and the rest of the people who aren't making the decision mm-hmm. are like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what our manager was thinking. I think that... Uh, Kaylee is the type of name that is now going to get more momentum in the future. I don't think that this is, I'm not sure. The Jets wanted to interview him. If they make him OC, I'll be shocked. Uh, I don't think that the Patriots are going to promote him from where he is to anything more than he is right now, unless something falls through with O'Brien or somebody else that maybe they were more serious about. I think if they were really serious about Kaylee and they respected him as much as they claim to, then they would have shown it in some way. Like well, that's- what more are they supposed to do right now? Are they supposed to just give him the job right now without interviewing anybody else? No, but I think that if they really knew that this is the guy that they wanted and that he was in a uh, uh, candidate from inside, then you could have put those wheels in motion a long time ago. Right, but I'm talking about right now. 
like the past is the past. That was a huge mistake. And we can we talked until the cows come home about how bad that decision was and how bad that judgment now looks on Belichick, mm-hmm. like worse and worse as the days go by. Absolutely. But at this point, what more can you do than rather than give him an interview? Well, you just going to give him the job. You could have Bill O'Brien come back. Bill O'Brien sounds like he's dying to get out of Alabama. Like, he doesn't want to deal with those Alabama fans. We'll get to this. I mean, uh, Phil Perry, and we're about to talk to Tommy Curran, but his his uh, coworker, Phil Perry, had a great interview on his podcast talking about what Bill O'Brien's kind of reputation is down with Alabama fans Not right big now. fans of him down so there. So if you could have Bill O'Brien back or Nick Haley, I mean... Who would you choose? I'd go with O'Brien. I okay. would go with O'Brien because I feel like he's at least a little bit more independent and but it's not just going to be but the point a Belichick like, yes man. The but Patriots are would, giving like. they're giving Kaylee a shot. Yeah. They're giving him an interview. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go to Tommy Kern? Let's go to Tommy Kern, who joins us right now on the Harbor One Hotline. It's brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti, a Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Kern at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Also by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Kern again joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, a busy day as the carousel continues to spin. Um, we just played that sound of you talking about Nick Cayley and his interview, and uh, you seemed a little frustrated at the fact that they had this guy in-house and they could have made all this happen last year, and now they're finally getting around to it. Is this enough? Is this enough to keep Nick Cayley uh, in Foxborough? I don't know, but I did find fascinating your conversation with Meg. I, I love it um, because what are the Patriots doing? In many ways, I think – what Meg is alluding to is, is right on the money with Nick Cayley. All right, we want Bill O'Brien to be our offensive coordinator. He is our primary target. Our eggs are in that basket. So what are we doing alternatively? Well, we're going to bring in guys like Keenan McCardell, who Bill has a relationship with from when he was with the Browns, has huge respect for. That does him a solid. Does Nick Cayley a solid by giving him an opportunity to interview? Adrian Clem, former Patriot, bring him in. Do him a solid. I do think that all of these things have to be interrogated for why are they doing this? I, Bill has already interviewed. Everyone expects that he will get and be offered the job. It's just a matter of him seeing his way to, toward doing it. So I think a lot of the other interviews are whether or not uh, are, are an exercise in checking boxes for people they want to do favors for or do right by. So whether Nick stays as offensive coordinator or tight ends coach, I couldn't tell you, but that's probably my best read on the entire situation as it stands. Uh, Tom, looking at some of the candidates that they have been interviewing and the different systems that they come from, how much of this is maybe Bill exercising a little curiosity? about what the rest of the league is doing in terms of their offensive systems and the innovation in the game. I think it's something that Phil Perry, it is something Phil Perry pointed out, and it's really worth taking uh, a longer look at because the Patriots tried to pivot last year to more wide zone San Francisco 49ers-based Shanahan offense. Keenan McCardell has experience in that. He came up in that. He understands it. He developed wide receivers in that. Just because it didn't work with Matt Patricia trying to do it in his first year as a play caller and offensive coordinator, that shouldn't be a surprise that it didn't work. He would have been overmatched if the Patriots didn't change anything because it's harder than 
he thought and Bill thought. But you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater if they thought that it had elements of, of positivity to it. What I think will happen is if Bill O'Brien does come in, Meg, is they'll try and go towards some of the Alabama stuff while still implementing some of the things they liked about the Shanahan offense because they did have a logical reason for wanting to pivot to it. It's more user-friendly. Um, with that in mind, Bill O'Brien, if he comes in here, bit of a red-ass, uh, Tommy, and we know that Mac Jones can be a bit of a red-ass himself. Uh, Mac said that he wanted to be coached harder. Is that the kind of harder coaching that he's looking for? I would hope so. I mean, I like when people get into it and passionate about it and emotional about it. If they're both talented and no one's getting yelled at because they're incompetent, that, that's, that, that's the issue. If two people can get pissed off because things aren't working and they're holding each other to a, an extremely high standard, that happens. If one person just can't carry their weight and the other person eventually says, I can't listen to you anymore, get the bleep out of here, which is basically what happened after the Buffalo game, then it's a, it's a bigger issue. It all stems from respect, right? What's the level of respect before two people start yelling at each other and what happens afterwards? This might be like a little woo-woo, Tom, but in terms of Bill <laughs> O'Brien coming from uh, coming from Alabama and having worked for Nick Saban and you as somebody who's covered Bill O'Brien, how big of a deal would it be for him to be able to rebuild some of the trust with Mac Jones and the rest of the offensive guys in the locker room? Because it seems like there was a breakdown behind closed doors during the season. It would be, look, and that's the reason when we talk about McCardell or Sean Jefferson or Nick Cayley or Adrian Clem, they're nice. And you're exactly right, Meg. It's good to have the intel on these individuals. But there's no comparison between what we're talking about with Bill O'Brien and, and these other individuals in terms of experience and acumen. He's been the architect of possibly the most difficult coaching situation anybody got plummeted into in the last 15 years when he went into Penn State um, in 2012. He's also been an outstanding architect of offenses. Say what you will about how things went in Houston. They had a lot of wins with Brian Hoyer playing quarterback down there and Bill O'Brien as the offensive architect. So to me, what was the initial question? Oh, about rebuilding the trust with Mac <laughs> yeah, 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 and the, yeah, yeah. And the walked, other guys. Because I, I don't know, Tom, did you see the poem Sorry. that Mac posted? He posted that the if maybe, poem. I could have pretended that I didn't know what the question was, and, <laughs> but right. I, I wanted to be honest. There you go. Yeah, he, the trust is there when he walks in the door. Okay, now we have an adult. Thank God. Here we go. Um, looking at uh, some of the movement that happened today, Greg Roman out in Baltimore. Tommy, is that a uh, is that a name that excites you? I mean, clearly he had a he had a big hand in in unlocking Lamar Jackson and building that offense around him. Is that a uh, it's an out of the box candidate to be sure? But what do you make of that movement over there? That's uh, a huge amount of experience too, and he was with the Buffalo Bills for an extended period, right. so you know Bill Belichick will be comfortable with knowing how he prepares an offense certainly put that log on the fire as well for somebody the Patriots could have interest in. It, it is fascinating, too, when you look at the openings around the league and not just offensive coordinator and wonder if they could be enticing for, you know, Bill O'Brien, whether it be the Chargers or 
Carolina or where, but there's also head coaching jobs. So that's why I think the Patriots are trying to work on a, a quick timetable here. From my understanding, conversations I had last week were the idea and the aim was to have it done quickly. Um, so I'm, I'm watching that too as this week comes to a close and how many interviews they're doing. Are they trying to get it done quickly so that they can make sure that Bill O'Brien's off the market as other jobs open up and other phones start to ring? I don't know if you'd have interest in Baltimore or not with the uncertainty with Lamar, but you've got to sew up your guy. Tommy, what's taking so long with Gerard Mayo, speaking of sewing up your guy? Don't know. Haven't heard. Don't think it's worth sweating, though. No? No. Why not? I'm sweating a little bit. I mean, they made a big announcement. He canceled all his appointments, and now it seems like it's dragging. What, uh, you I know? You're, I, think you're, I think you're hardwired to sweat. <laughs> Probably. The sweaty guy. You can get Botox injections for that. Is that right? So you know, I mean, yeah, you can get a prescription. I don't know what, I don't know what kind of announcement will come down if he's canceling interviews and they're saying they're going to work to extend them. I just don't know if there's an announcement that comes down that says he's staying. It's, it's almost assumed, I, I would imagine, in many ways. What all that did, in my estimation, Christian, was to say, we're not going to continue to have a brain drain here. We're not going to continue to have valued individuals not understand that we want to give the rest of the league a hands-off impression. So those two things were important. But still, I don't know if they'll veer and say, and they, they may well do that. They may veer and say, Gerard Mayo is now our assistant head coach, defensive coordinator. Uh, Gerard, can't wait to work with Steve and DeMarcus Covington and Brian Belichick, and this will be great. But I think the bigger, uh, bigger tumbler to fall into place is Gerard knowing that he'll have an opportunity to realize a, a head coaching aspiration here in New England. Mm. Uh, Tom, what do you think the Patriots are going to do with Jacoby Myers? I uh, know free agency is off a couple months, but everybody's talking about DeAndre Hopkins around here, and that's maybe tied a little bit to Bill O'Brien. Great fit with O'Brien, I'd say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's – yeah, exactly. And you wrote about this a couple of months ago, and we can look at these individual decisions in free agency as if they're in a vacuum, but they're not. They extend everywhere. So if the Patriots do re-up with – a player like Jacoby Myers, who I believe that would be a very sensible thing to do based on his production in the past and projected going forward. Do they need to do anything else? Do they need to go get DeAndre Hopkins? Do they need to try and venture a trade for T Higgins? Do they need to draft anybody, anyone? Or do they say, look, we're going to give this kid $10 million a year, $11 million a year. And he's already produced for us for four seasons at a total of $6 million. And we'd rather give him $10 million a year for four years then have another mistake like we did with Nelson Aguilar where we gave him 22 for two and he did nothing. Do you know that last season, Jacoby Myers had 67 catches for like 803 and six touchdowns? And between them, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar had 66 catches for 795 and three touchdowns. He doubled the output, excuse me, in terms of touchdowns and exceeded them in terms of yards and receptions in 14 games. Those guys played 32 combined. Resign him. You got enough stuff in the house with Parker, Bourne, um, Thornton, your tight ends. Go get yourself a little third down back, and you're good to go. All right, Tommy, before we let you go, what is your uh, favorite athlete to chant sarcastically at, their first name, if you, if you know what I'm talking about? Daryl, you know, like uh, growing up, who is your favorite athlete to, to chant at? To heckle. Yeah. Mm. 
say, at my age, uh, Bob Pettit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Reggie. Reggie, Reggie Miller. Re- no, freaking Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. You? <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of Reggies out there. I don't know. All right, Tommy Curran, uh, Reggie Jackson hater. There you go, Tommy. Thanks so much. See you, buddy. Thanks, All right. Tom. Today's conversation with Tommy Curran brought to you by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. Quick break, and we're right back. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. I want to say thanks to Tommy Curran uh, for joining us in that last segment. If you missed any of it, you can check it out at the Odyssey app. All the interviews, all the segments, every everything. He posted Incredible up there. Incredible app. It's quite an app, I should so say. <laughs> Even that uh, fake laugh at me suggesting that no, he that's was just how he sounds. old enough to have watched uh, Bob Pettit play back in the 50s. So rude. Not everyone has a graceful laugh. That's true. Um, we'll get to this uh, Rob Gronkowski thing in just a minute. Gronk was talking with, uh, was it Kay Adams? Yeah. Is yep. that right? Yeah, Bob he was talking Adams. Uh, with Kay Adams about his days with the Patriots. Wasn't super flattering. But first, let's take a phone call here. Adam is uh, down in Canton. Hi, Adam. Hey, guys, I uh, want to get to Jacoby Myers based on what Tommy Curran just said, but, you know, in terms of chanting, I would say that the Bruins fans ended Roberto Luongo's career <laughs> yeah. after that Stanley Cup chanting his name. He never recovered from that. That's true, and that was a great but, one. Uh, that and the Marty Bro, Marty, those were good, too, uh, if we're talking hockey. But, yeah, if you chant the opposing goalie, if they're having a bad game, you start chanting their name, they're, you're going to get in their head. They, they won't be able to get out. That's the, that's, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, big time. But for Jacoby Myers, I mean, 67 catches, 803. That's a great stat line for a wide receiver, too. I was surprised Tommy said that they don't need to upgrade that position. I would love to bring Jacoby back, but they gotta they got to upgrade that wide receiver one production, something more like 80 for 1,000, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I think that that was a fine year for Myers. It was his best year, uh, I think, right? It was, um, or maybe he had more, I think he had more yards last year and less touchdowns. Well, he played fewer games. But he did, he yeah. So with uh, with fewer games, the averages are probably higher. You're right. Uh, good year, his best year. Um, I think that he's going to make money in the uh, in the offseason and that there's going to be a team out there that'll pay him not wide receiver one money, but legitimate wide receiver two money and that's something that I feel like the Patriots just aren't willing to do they'd rather try and find the next Jacoby Myers out there in the scrap heap is what I think well I think it goes back to whatever you thought the issue with the offense or the primary issue with the offense was this year is it that it that Kendrick Bourne didn't have the production the thousand yard season that maybe you expected or he expected to he said that he that he wanted to and then the Patriots were like hey stop saying that uh, it's not about you, essentially, mm-hmm. behind closed doors. But, like, did he not have that production because he was he didn't have his head screwed on right and he was late to meetings and he just didn't perform on the field so he didn't prove himself? Or was it because the coordinator didn't know how to use him or mm. didn't use him the right way and it was such a simplistic offense and it, they weren't capitalizing on the play action that Max good at and they weren't using him for yards after catch situations and they were trying to force Johnny Smith into some of the roles that he was in traditionally the year before. So, and Devontae Parker, again, like somebody with injuries yeah. who looked great in his last game like looked really good i was like hey yeah leads me to believe that they didn't know how to use exactly. him at the beginning so of the to me either. it comes back to i i've written about this i really think that they should bring back jacoby myers and the whole wide receiver one thing it's almost like it's a um it's like a philosophy of what you believe 
And yeah. and I understand, like, looking at a young quarterback like Mac, where you look around the league and there's so many cases in this young quarterback, in these young quarterback classes, this generation, where you say, wow, this dynamic number one wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, you know, these guys totally transform the quarterback that you have. But I just think it's it looks sometimes, and I've been guilty of saying that too, sometimes it's like you treat it like it's a cheat code. Yeah. And it's not always been that way in Foxborough, and it's not the only road to success. I agree with that. I think it's uh, not the only road to success, but you do need someone. Like Julian Edelman wasn't Jamar Chase or right. Calvin Johnson or anything. He was a great receiver, and I think Myers is sort of asked to do more of what Edelman did. But he's not Julian Edelman. Like Edelman was a he doesn't have the speed superstar. Yeah. He could get open in two steps, and he did. And he was a Brady's security blanket. Like Myers is a good player and has you know big play potential down the field at, at points. And I thought that touchdown he had in the Buffalo game was a beautiful play. That play where he was falling backwards and kept his toes at oh what a great catch a that was. Toes. I bet you that uh, that boosts his market right up out of Foxborough. Well, that one play. <laughs> I guess the serious. thing the thing I would say too is like if we're trying to write the wrongs if the patriots are trying to right the wrongs of the last couple years one of those is spreading this cash out mm. among guys who don't have production and again it goes back to what you believe why you believe that guys don't have production johnny smith is just somebody who has not had production here and he was not worth the money there is no way that you can make a case that he could jacoby myers you might say like he doesn't flash like a julian edelman right you know he's not going to be a deandre hopkins he's not going to be a Devonte adams he's never going to be that guy but at least when you look at the money that you're spending on him he's going to be on the field he's most he's proven himself to stay healthy and available for the most part i hope i'm not jinxing anything yeah, here right. you're going to see where your money is going and that's more than you can say for how this team has spent their money on pass catchers as of late yeah, I uh, I think you're onto something there for sure, and it's a shame about Jonu Smith. Even though he was working with the well-respected Nick Cayley, uh, still couldn't quite get <laughs> exactly. the production that they wanted mm-hmm. out of him. There um, is something there. Rob Somebody Gronkowski, really thank you very much. Rob Gronkowski was oh. on the uh, was on the show with Kay Adams. Called what's it called? Hey. Up and Adams. Up and Adams. Up and Adams. Up and Adams I mean, with so Kay easy. Adams. All right. <laughs> I wasn't super familiar with it, sorry. Uh, but it, she was talking with Gronk, and they brought, broached the subject of the Patriots and what it was like playing for the Patriots. As you know, I don't have to set this up too much, Rob Gronkowski does not talk about his years in New England all that fondly when he brings it up. Myself. And uh, here's what he had to say about what wins and losses felt like here in New England. A regular season game, you know, with the Patriots, actually, uh, you know, actually. throughout my 20s, if we won a game, the next day, it felt like we still lost the game. And if we lost the game, it felt like you were in super depression for like two days at, um, at the Patriots or like for the whole week. So, you know, so that's what made you really want to win the games when you were with the Patriots yeah. because you didn't want to ever feel that depression feeling for like the two days after the game. You're like, we have to win the game. We, you know, we have to win the game so we have a good week, so we feel good tomorrow. Uh, but uh, I used to do that too sometimes, you know, you know, put my head down and, and be all sad and stuff. But it's like, you know, the other team gets paid as well. You know, they're, they're the best athletes good in the point, world man. as well. Good point there, buddy. Other team gets paid too. Basically what he's saying is that when they lost, they were sad. 
No, it was brutal. <laughs> okay, it was brutal. Gronk. I guess Football. I like Gronk. I mean, I love Gronk no, actually. Oh, come on, There's but he sounds like it. he sounds like a bozo here. I think. Okay, <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Whiplash? Um, yes. Such a great. I, had, I didn't see the whole movie. thing, but yeah, the drum movie. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk to people about. You didn't see the whole thing. Hold no, on. I've seen uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Sit down and watch the whole thing. Okay. It might have one of the greatest endings in recent cinematic history. Okay. Like it is I'm a not sure crazy I even know how it ends. ending. Yeah, I'm not sure I even know. Don't how look it, ends. it up. All right, I won't. And if you haven't seen it out there, go see it. It's an intense movie. But I bring it up because it may seem like a strange reference. <laughs> this is how my brain works. No, I'm with you. But it's the movie is really about the cost of greatness mm-hmm. and the cost of being elite, the cost of being the very best at what you do. And I guess I just buy this because it isn't like this place anywhere. And I've like Look, I, I obviously I've never been a professional athlete. They don't really have it in the sport that I played, but I played sports at a I've played a sport at a very high level. There are certain teams where losing is acceptable, and that's a real thing. Yeah, and I in the think, NFL, you think? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, where it's just the the norm, I guess. Or you just know, it has oh, to be it's like it know? seems like there was something to that. Mm. I wonder. To me, the bigger question is like. Is that mentality still in place with so many of the guys who have departed the locker room? Is it still like you're in mourning when you've lost these games? Does that carry over? Because it sounds like it was a freaking miserable place to be in the building anytime that they lost. I'll tell you what, these last three, four years, it's a lot of mourning. You know, it's about yeah. 50% of your games you've been mourning here. Gronk uh, no like me sad. Yeah, exactly. Gronk sad. Gronk I still Gronk can't no believe you never saw how did you watch Whiplash and not watch the end? Because um, it was on TV somewhere. I was watching. It was on its own. First of all, house. if you're watching it on TV, that's your first mistake. Well, you need I, all the F-bombs and everything in there. Who's the guy? J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons. Yeah. He's Great like movie. the most underrated actor. I like him a lot. I liked him on Oz. I'm a big fan of J.K. Simmons. You but liked him was, on Oz? Yeah. You ever watch Oz? Yeah, it's kind of intense. Well, yeah, they I mean, were he dropping was, the, with his role on Oz. He was good in that in that role. But, I thought he was he was menacing and the I was I was scared. He's of him menacing in, in Whiplash. Yeah, he is in Whiplash too. But it was on like Showtime or something, and we uh, jumped in at a random spot, and I left before it was over. But I did like. I mean, I liked what I saw. The mind um, has to be to it. That being said, Rob Gronkowski here, I just think, sounds like you he's whiny. You think he sounds dummy? He sounds whiny. He sounds like, well, you know, it was when we lost, we were all sad for a couple of days, and so we wanted to win so we wouldn't feel sad about losing. And it's like, yeah, Rob, like, isn't that isn't that every team and every sport in the history of the world? I'm you win so you don't feel bad about losing? It's like, not. No? It is so not that way. I'm sure it's not teams. that way, but the way he described it, I feel like just, I don't know, maybe that's just the I mean, way he, he like just, it was the end of the world. Gronk has with words. His last there. coach was win or lose, we booze. So clearly, yeah, maybe not the same effect if, if no Tom Brady is there and your, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are like, yeah, we're still going to party and have the day off on Monday regardless of the outcome. Yeah, and I don't think Gronk's alone either. I think that Gronk and uh, there's a lot of other players who played here in New England who agree with him, maybe not exactly the way he said it, but certainly with the uh, sentiment, like him, for example, that uh, it's not that much fun, not that much fun playing in New England for Bill Belichick. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue with your phone calls. We'll talk a little more Celtics. And um, we have some uh, we have some stuff here from Bill O'Brien and also from Jeff Howe. Uh, Jeff Howe with some uh, with some stuff on the Pat's Interference podcast talking about Mac Jones and uh, what the future holds here at Offensive Coordinator. We'll get to all of that next hour with your phone calls right after this.
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.